You're listening to the Trace Church Rock Rimmon podcast. All right. Well, hey, this last week, somebody reminded me that during this time last year, like literally on this Sunday, the Sunday where we were celebrating our third year anniversary, uh, they reminded me that I preached a message that was entitled, The Difference a Year Can Make. Now, obviously, I had no idea what was coming in 2020, and so I think we could conclude that I have a prophetic gift, right? I mean, so with this new revelation of this newfound prophetic gift, I thought it would be worth entitling today's sermon as, The Year I Won the Lottery. Uh, yeah, thanks for that charity applause. Hey, good morning and welcome to Trace. My name is Aaron. I'm one of the pastors here, and we are incredibly grateful incredibly grateful to have each and every one of you here celebrating with us. It may be your first time to trace. It may be your first time to church, but whatever the case may be, we are incredibly grateful to have you with us. Um, if you are new here, there's several things that I could tell you about our church. There truly, there truly are, but I think one thing that I would tell you today is that when we set out to plant this church four years ago, we were very adamant that we didn't want to just be about trace. We didn't just want to be our, about our own little kingdoms and like, hey, let's grow this church to be as big as possible. No, instead, we wanted to be about the kingdom, the big K kingdom. And one of the best ways we felt like we could do that is to be a church that was passionate about church planting, starting new churches. And we've already done that. We've planted Timber Creek uh, Church up in the north part of our city. Well, today, I want to invite you to join me in celebrating because we have a good friend of ours, he was here with us a couple months ago, Brandon Cormier, is actually planting Zeal Church right now on the east side of our city. It is their grand opening, and so Brandon, we know you're going to be watching this later, and right now we just want you to feel the love of Trace Church, so can we show them love and appreciation? Real quick, Brandon, uh, if you do watch this later, man, I just want to let you know that I love you. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for your friendship. I'm thankful for your passion and your faith to step out and not just plant a church, which is hard enough, but to plant a church in the midst of a pandemic. And I have no doubt just in the little time that I've gotten to know you that God is going to do incredible things through your leadership and through Zeal Church. So one more time, can we give it up for Zeal Church? Well, we have a lot going on today, right? I mean, we're celebrating four years being a church here in the city of Colorado Springs. Uh, we're doing a mask drive, and I think we're going to hit our goal. Our target was to raise 4,000 masks. Uh, today, we're also bringing a special offering. If you've been around for a couple weeks, you know that uh, we're trying to raise $50,000 to plant a new church online. And really quick on that note, um, I want to share something with you. A couple days ago, I got an email from a family in California, and they said, hey, we heard you talking about this offering for the plant, church plant online to do Trace online in a more effective way to reach people for Jesus. And they said, just so you know, we're a family that you've reached, and so we'd like to give $1,500 to that offering from California. Yeah, you can give it up for that. I thought that was incredibly cool. So regardless of all these things going on, uh, regardless of all the events and fun stuff that's taking place, I want to I do something really quick. I want to set all of that aside for a moment. And I want to let you know that you've been prayed over. And I have a hope and a prayer for you specifically today. I really do. And that it would be that God has something for you. In the midst of everything else going on, that God would have something for you. Because my guess is, you need it. So whether it's a lyric in a song, 
And by the way, Graves in the Gardens, I mean, if you got your arms crossed when you're singing Graves in the Gardens, like somebody needs to smack you in the name of Jesus because that is an incredible song. By the way, we're going to sing it again before we end today. And man, my, my, my ask is that you would just be, uh, just abandon yourself for a moment and worship God with everything that you have. But that's a side note. So whether it's a lyric in a song that God has for you, whether it's a point in my sermon that God has for you, maybe it's just, maybe it's a moment of silence that would help you to combat the stress in your life. Or maybe it's something altogether different. Whatever it is, I pray that God has something for you today. And I want to remind you that He can do abundantly more than what you ever ask or imagine if the power of God and Jesus is at work within you, if you've invited Him to be the leader and Lord of your life, that He can do abundantly more than what you ever ask or imagine. So it's possible that you came in those doors today and you kind of put your parameters up on what you think God can do in your life, can I encourage you to allow those parameters to be broken down today and allow God to do what only he can do because he is in the business, listen to me, he is in the business of changing lives. I'm going to pray for that right now, and then we'll jump in. Father, I pray for the power of your Holy Spirit to be evident in this room this morning. Father, I pray that whatever it is that someone needs from you today, whether it's just a glimmer of hope, Maybe some of your strength, maybe wisdom in a very difficult season or decision that needs to be made. Whatever it is, God, that you would allow that to come in their direction, that you would allow them to see that clearly, and that if they do have parameters around what they think you can do in their life, maybe because of how their story reads up until today, that they would allow that to fall and break. That you would break those chains, those chains and remind them you are in the business of changing lives. Would you do it today? We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Well, hey, if you're joining us uh, for the first time today, uh, we're in a series called Masks, and uh, we kicked off this series last week. Josiah kicked us off, and he talked about a specific mask that we have a tendency to wear. My guess is that all of us have worn it at, at least at some point in our life, and it's the mask that we put on that says, I'm good. I'm okay. But we know underneath that we're not okay. Actually, there couldn't be anything further from the truth. If we even think back through kind of the history of church and maybe your experience within the church, I don't think the church has done us any favors in the past in this area. I think it's perpetuated the problem. Maybe you grew up in a church culture that said, hey, if you've got issues, if you've got problems, if you've got hurt, if you've got hang-ups, then it's probably a sin that you haven't confessed or maybe you don't have enough faith. And when you begin to hear that kind of language from Christian leaders, you just kind of step back and you mask up because it's like, I don't want to feel that shame and that guilt that I've done something wrong and that's why all this is coming in my direction. So you mask up. Or maybe you grew up in a church culture. This would be maybe a similar culture to the one I grew up in when it came to church. And man, when you come, come on Sunday, you just put on your Sunday best, right? You just put on a smile and everybody knows you got junk. Everybody knows you've got brokenness behind the scenes, but we just don't bring that stuff to the table. Like when we come on Sunday... Uh, you just pretend to be okay. And unfortunately for some of us, maybe that, that culture that we grew up in, that we were kind of forced to mask up, created an unhealthy habit, and we did not really sure how to take that mask off. Church, when we planted Trace four years ago, we did so with a very strong intention to create a culture where you could come to a place and actually stop pretending. 
that you could come to a place and actually stop hiding. And it was a lot more than just kind of a cute statement for us. We actually believe it's theological because we really do believe that you can't hide and heal at the same time. And so if you need permission today to come out of hiding, maybe you're hiding a broken marriage. Maybe you're hiding a specific part of your story. Maybe you're hiding an addiction. Maybe you're hiding just an aspect of your life, whatever that looks like. I want to encourage you to come out of hiding today because, listen, if you're new to church and you're not aware of this yet, I'm going to fill you in on something right here. We're all broken. We're all broken. But we worship a God who takes broken things and he makes them beautiful. We worship a God that no matter how many failures are following you in and through those doors to this day, no matter how your story reads up until today, he doesn't allow your failures to be final. In Romans chapter 8, when Paul's writing the church in Rome, it says that God will make all things, he will work all things for good for those who love him and trust him according to his will and purpose. You know what that means? It means in the hands of Jesus that your failure can, ap- can actually be reshaped as growth. Your failures can actually be reshaped as growth. So I want to encourage you today, if you need to, if you need <laughs> permission, I want you to stop pretending. And the mask that I want to talk to us about today is actually another area where some of us could be pretending today, and it's this mask right here. It's actually the mask of being a Christian. You see, it's possible to wear the mask of being a Christian but completely miss the mission. Can I say it again? It's possible to wear the mask but completely miss the mission. Can we just be vulnerable this morning? Is that okay? Can we be transparent? I mean, haven't all of us probably felt at some point in our life that we were wearing the mask of Christianity? Maybe when you were around this group of people, whoever those group of people were, it made you feel like you were supposed to be more spiritual than you were. Maybe it was your family. Maybe you kind of grew up and you were supposed to be a Christian. And so you kind of adopted this faith and this mentality, but you never really made it your own. So when you're around your parents, around certain family members, you have to, you have to mask up and pretend to be somebody you're not because you've really never taken the time to make it your own. Maybe that's somebody's best action step this morning. Make your faith. Make it your own. Don't mask up anymore. But join the mission of God. He's got a mission for you. He's got a purpose for you. I think all of us have had a tendency to do this. One of the moments that I look back in my life and see where I did this was in my early 20s. And uh, at this point, man, I was getting on fire for my faith. And it was genuine. And I wanted like all things Jesus. And I wanted to be in as many spiritual environments as possible. And there were a few different settings that I would put myself in. And I remember you know, like this one setting was around people that were more charismatic. And when I was with them and would listen to them pray, it's like, I want to give my life to Jesus again. I mean, the way that they would pray would be so powerful. And, and what I started to do is like, well, I want to pray like that. And I would pay attention to the words that they said. And again, their prayers may have been completely genuine. I, I'm not throwing any stones here whatsoever. But then when I began to pray, I started using these big words. And after a little bit of time, my Heavenly Father kind of finally got my attention. And he said, Aaron, you're not talking to me, man. You're just trying to impress them. And maybe they were impressed. But do you know who wasn't impressed? My Heavenly Father. I can assure you, God wasn't up there saying, Jesus, Holy Spirit, like, did you hear what Aaron just said? He used Shekinah glory in the midst of a prayer. Like, that's 10 bonus points. I think we should allow him to win the lottery. 
That's called full circle right there. You see what I just did? It's possible. It's possible for you to wear the mask, but completely miss the mission. And sometimes we miss the mission because we get caught up in this performance faith. We get caught up in doing things that seem like, well, that's what good Christians should do. And so we join as many Bible studies as we possibly can. And maybe we learn to pray for hours at a time. And I'm not saying those things are bad unless we're actually doing them and our motive behind doing them is because we think we're better Christians when we do that. And maybe God's going to love us more when we do those things. A parable that I love that Jesus told was in Luke chapter 18. And he said, there were two men and they came to pray, and one was a Pharisee, and one was a tax collector. And if, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're new to church, a tax collector would have been kind of the heathen of those days. They, he would have been an outcast. And it said, when the Pharisee came to pray, he said, God, I thank you that I'm not like all of these sinful people. I thank you that I'm not like all of these broken people. But no, I'm faithful, and I serve, and I give, and I do all the things that a good Pharisee or a good Christian should do. And then it came time for the tax collector, and he stepped up and he said, Father, have mercy on me. I'm a sinful man. That's all he said. And Jesus said, and it was that man in his prayer that honored God and also honored himself. If you've never heard me say this, I'm going to say it for your benefit this morning. There's nothing that you can do to ever make God love you any more, and there's nothing that you can do to make God love you any less. And you need to know that. I'm reminded of what Paul said in the letter to Ephesians. He says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. It is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works. Not by all the things that you do to make you look like a super Christian. Not by works so that no man can boast. You see, whenever we approach God with this idea or notion that we're earning his love or earning his forgiveness, or maybe it's earning more of his love or more of his forgiveness, we begin to lean in the direction of legalism. But it's also possible that we can lean too far in the other direction, right? I mean, in that very passage, we could say, well, hey, man, I'm, I am a sinner saved by grace, so I'm just going to live my life and I'm going to do my thing. And I believe if that's the path that you take, and I've Unfortunately, watch way too many Christians take that path as well. If that's the path you take, I need to let you know today that you're wearing the mask and you're missing the mission. And some of you may be asking right now, what mission are you talking about, man? Is this the Great Commission? And I would say, yeah, kind of. But if I were to boil it down to its simplest form, I would say it's learning to love people sacrificially the way that Jesus loved people. That when we call ourselves a Christian. Let me take us back to the early church when the word Christian was associated with somebody who was a part of Jesus. That's exactly what it meant. It wasn't a noun. It was like those people are associated with Christ. They're Christians. They are associated with Christ. And so if we want to be associated with Christ, it's not about doing anything to earn God's love and earn God's favor and earn his forgiveness. The cross accomplished all of that, but we do take on his mission to love people sacrificially the way that Jesus loved people. And so I want you to hold that thought. And what I want to do is I want to build for us a framework this morning. And to do this, I'm going to go to Paul's letter to the Colossian church. And it's in verse 3. If you have your Bibles with you, feel free to turn them on, turn them open. I'm going to be in Colossians 3, beginning in verse 12. Here's what Paul says. He says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. 
bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all of these virtues, put on love. When I think of this idea, I love the imagery here that we would put on love. That we would put it on. And Paul says when we do this, when we put on love, it binds all of them together, all these things together. And what's these things? It binds compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and forgiveness. When we put on love, it binds these things together in perfect unity. Then he says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to rule in your hearts. A few weeks ago, we talked about not just allowing Jesus to be our Savior, but allowing him to be our Lord, that he would rule in our hearts and in our minds. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. Be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. That's the gospel, right? Let the message of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus, dwell among you. In other words, it should be coming up more often in our families. It should be coming up more often with our kids. It should be coming up more often with where we work and in our neighborhoods. The gospel should come up in our natural conversation because we are ones associated with Jesus. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through the psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Man, one of the things that I love doing on Sunday morning is standing in the back and watch some of you worship with abandon. Just allowing everything that feels like it's pulling you down to be released for a moment and just go into the presence of your Heavenly Father. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all. Everybody say, do it all. Say it again, do it all. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Hold that thought. I'm going to take a time out here. Do you know that right now, um, we know we're in a pandemic, right? But we're not just in one pandemic. I believe we're in three pandemics. Of course, there's the physical pandemic of COVID, right? We all get this. We're all experiencing what it's like to live through this pandemic. And there's the virus and those who are suffering because of the virus, those who have gotten the virus. And so we have a physical pandemic. But because of this physical pandemic, we also know that there are businesses that have had to shut down. Many small businesses and restaurants aren't going to make it because they're only able to work at half capacity. And you heard me say last week that the trend right now within the church even is that one in five churches will close in the next 18 months based on what we're currently watching happen. And so there's an economic pandemic. We have a physical pandemic and we have an economic pandemic, but we also have maybe the worst one, and that is a spiritual pandemic. Right now there are people, and you might be one of them, who are hurting mentally, emotionally, and relationally. I was looking up some stats this past week, and I saw that the federal hotline for crisis right now has increased its volume of calls by 1,000% since COVID. In Colorado alone, the suicide hotline is up 50%. In a normal year, it said that one in five Americans typically have some kind of mental health crisis, one in five. But since COVID happened and after they've done some more polling, now it's more like one in two are having a mental health crisis. And so if it's not you, it's the person sitting next to you, and if it's not them, then it's the person sitting just a couple seats down and a couple of them as well. In other words, listen to me, church, listen to me. 
right now? People don't need another political Facebook post. They don't need our opinions on how wearing a mask is against their American rights. And if I just stepped on your toes, it was intentional. They don't need our judgment. They don't even need football. Just kidding, we all need football. Can I get an amen this morning? No, 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 don't, don't do that. They might not even need you to quote Scripture at them. Even though if the Scriptures are true and they're real, listen to me so you don't hear what I'm not saying, they might not even need you to quote Scripture at them because it's just not helpful right now. What they need is your compassion and your kindness and your forgiveness. I want to show you something. In Romans chapter 2, verse 4, we read that people are drawn to God because of His kindness. What it actually says is that people repent. People are drawn to repentance because of God's kindness. If you're new to church, the word repentance, a big spiritual word, means to turn around and go in the opposite direction. So think of it this way. It's because of God's kindness that people pivot in life and start to move in the direction of their Heavenly Father. So what if? What if we mimicked this very attribute from our Heavenly Father and we showed more kindness and compassion? Could it be that we could actually lead people to the foot of the cross by doing so? I believe it's possible and I believe it's true. And so this is not just about another sermon to make you feel good. And I really don't care if you hear what I have to say today and you feel moved. I care that you're moving. Moving in the direction of whatever mission that God has put you on to put on love and to learn how to love people sacrificially the way that Jesus did and to show them compassion and kindness and forgiveness and right now to take this a step further. So again, this is just not something that makes us feel good. I want you to put a name to it. God will put a name in your mind right now. The Holy Spirit is constantly trying to get our attention and appoint people out to us. And so would you put a name to it? And not just allow this to be another sermon that maybe moved you, but instead it be a, a sermon or a moment in time that actually moves us in the same direction together. If there were ever a time in the history of our nation or in the history of your life, the time is now that we would take up this mantle, that we would take this serious. From the very beginning of Trace Church, we said that we were going to be on mission to leave a trace of God's love everywhere we go. And right now we are in the middle of a moment that will be written down in the history books. And I can't imagine a more important time where we would live the mission of our church out. But you know as well as I do, if we don't start to think about our time differently, if we don't start to th think about our availability differently, if we don't see that we have influence to actually make somebody's story better by showing them compassion and kindness and, and forgiveness, we will miss, listen to me, we will miss this moment. We will miss this moment. This moment, as hard as it may be for some of us, cannot deter us from the mission that God has called us into. One of the things that Emily and I have decided to do uh, during this time is to make ourselves available for somebody. Somebody that's been dealt a hand of an unfair share, an unfair share amount of hurt and pain in their life. And so she has somebody and I have somebody and we're just available for them and we want to 
spend time with them and speak truth and grace and love into their life and to show them compassion and kindness. And one of the things that God keeps showing us during this time is that when you get close enough to feel someone's pain, that person is then close enough to receive your love. Can I say it again? When you get close enough to feel someone's pain, that person is then close enough to receive your love. So what does it look like to love, to love sacrificially? I think back to what Jesus said to his boys. In John chapter 13, he's hanging out with the fellows, the disciples, and he says, guys, if you want to be associated with me, if you don't want to just wear the mask, but if you want to take up my mission, if you want to be my disciple, then I want you to love one another. But then he says something to bring a reference point to what love means, because some of us, we can define love different ways. He goes, I want you to love one another, and then he points backwards. As I have loved you, remember what I did for you guys? As I have loved you, I want you to love one another. And if you go back and read John 13, right before he has this moment with the fellas, he had just washed their feet. He had served them sacrificially with humility to get down on his hands and feet. Our very own Lord and Savior gets down and he washes the disciples' feet and he says, I want you to love each other as I have loved you. Remember what I just did? I'd like for you to love one another. We have something coming up here in a couple weeks that's going to give us an opportunity to actually show that this, this church, Trace Church, is not about wearing a mask. We're about living out the mission. It's called CityServe. And we're going to partner with churches all across this city and we're going to serve in many different areas and capacities all around the city. And listen to me, I want every single one of you to sign up. And if you don't sign up, you better have a good excuse. I want every single one of you to sign up because this city and your neighbors and the people who are trying to figure out and navigate through one of the most uncertain times of their life, they don't need to know that there's just a church called Trace Church. They don't need, just need to know that, yeah, you're their neighbor, and I think you're a Christian. They need to see Jesus. And the best way that I think that we can show them Jesus is to serve them sacrificially, to show them compassion and kindness and forgiveness. I hope every single one of you signs up for this. As a church, I'll tell you that we've never been more clear in what we're setting out to do. I think sometimes a storm gives you an opportunity to be refined, doesn't it? If you allow it, you've heard me say, don't let a good storm go to waste. And so we've had several retreats over the course of this year. Our team has gotten away and we've prayed and we've processed and we've asked God to, to help us to, to see what it is that he's calling us to be and do with clarity. And it led us to a few things that might sound new to you, and I'll share them with you right now because we're not interested in just wearing the mask of Christianity. We're ready to join the mission of Jesus. And we believe this is going to remind us of that. Our mission has never changed, that we're going to leave a trace of God's love everywhere we go. But now we have a motive. And our motive, and that means the motivation behind everything that we do because we want to do it all for the sake of Jesus and His kingdom. The motivation behind everything we do is to remove every obstacle to get you to Jesus. Every obstacle. And so we want to do that. And then we have what we call our four mantras. That we want to elevate truth and grace. That we want to embrace those far from God. And we want to extend hope when life hurts. By the way, that includes you. I know for some of you this morning, your life is hurting. 
And if you need some hope, we believe it comes through Jesus, but we're also willing to be 100% available. We will not turn anyone down if you want to sit down and have a conversation with us. We'll do everything in our power to move you in the direction of hope. We want to extend hope when life hurts. And the last one, we want to empower everyone, everyone, to share the gospel because the gospel of Jesus should dwell among us. Here's how I want to close. Today, I want to encourage you to drop the mask and I want you to join the mission. I want you to be a part of something, invite you to be a part of something that's bigger than you. I want you to be a part of this community, this family that we're creating here at Trace. I want you to see that you have influence and that influence can be leveraged for Jesus in so much more effective way than you probably think possible right now. I want you to know others and to be known by others because listen to me, alone is hard. Together is so much better. I don't want you to settle for the mask of Christianity, but instead I want you to see that God has created you on purpose and for a purpose. And no matter how your story reads up until today, no matter how many mistakes you have made or how messy your life has been, through the grace of Jesus, listen to me, there is an unending supply of help, hope, and healing. Can I get an amen this morning? I'm feeling a little bit Pentecostal. Because Jesus will always, listen to me, Jesus will always be a better Savior than you are a sinner. Yes, your sin and my sin, it changed our story, but it will not stop our story. When Jesus walked out of that tomb 2,000 years ago, he created a path for us to live in new life with him. Go for it. He turns graves into gardens. He takes broken things and makes them beautiful. And today he wants you to drop your mask and join his mission. Let me pray for us. Father, I believe every single one of us has a step that we can take today to move closer to Jesus. And God, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the mask that we've been wearing. Maybe we've been caught up in spiritual performance. Maybe... We've been pretending to be something that we're not and we just need to expose our true doubts about this and have some real dialogue about what it means to understand who Jesus is and invite him to be the leader and Lord of our life. God, there may be some people in here right now that have played the part for far too long, but you're calling them to something greater. God, I don't ever want to be a church that gets in the habit of coming in here and honoring you with our lips only to leave here to deny you with our lives. No, we want to come in here and we want to remember that we're worshiping a God that's in the business of changing lives. And so, Father, would you show us what new life could look like for us today? And show us how to drop the mask and take up your mission. We pray this in Christ's name. Everybody said, amen.